Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blythe Brumleave, and in this episode, I'm chatting with Aaron Dunn, who is the Sales and Marketing Director for PDQ America and also the co-host of the popular Trucking for Millennials podcast. As a former outsider turned insider, Aaron's journey into the trucking industry has been built on gathering a deep understanding of the audience he's trying to reach without attempting to sell them to death. In fact, the popular podcast has been around for over a year and rarely requests anything from their audience. So in this interview, what you're going to learn is balancing industry talk with water cooler conversations in your marketing, Aaron's experience as a podcaster before he joined PDQ America, avoiding those pre-post purgatory sessions of publishing new content, how the Trucking for Millennials podcast got started, the power of the internet and how it can help freight sales and your research, and a few things that Aaron hates, such as LinkedIn post tagging and messenger bots. All of this plus more in the latest episode with Aaron Dunn from PDQ America. I've noticed that you've been sending out a lot of like your favorite like marketing from the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl just happened obviously last weekend. It's the biggest marketing day for a lot of companies out there. Did you have a favorite? I saw that you tweeted out a couple of your favorite moments, but could you share a couple of those with the audience today? Yeah, so um, I was tweeting a few of those. Uh, I kind of, as the game went on, I, I stopped because I was like, eh, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so, but um, I think my favorite probably was uh, the Drake from State Farm. That was a good little surprise. That was a that was a funny one. They've been doing a good job on that. And then um, let's see, another one that I enjoyed was. Uh, I did enjoy, I didn't mention this one, but I did enjoy the M&Ms, the, the sorry mm. kind of sorry thing. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was good. Um, because anytime they bring those M&Ms characters back, it's like, it's a good thing. So, uh, they do a great job with those. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the other ones. Um, let's see the, the logistics mind. I, I yeah. posted about this on, on, on uh on linkedin it was like it was two back to back and i mentioned this on trucking for millennials is like because i was looking for one that would might be kind of trucking related or you know and uh it bothered me that the 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 two times trucking came up that i saw was bud light had like wrecked their wrecked their truck and there was there was beer cans all over the place and i was like that's, (laughs) that's lame the only only reason somebody would associate trucking is with a with an accident which is you know not accurate and then Hmm. not that trucks don't have accidents but it's like we need to champion the truck driver more but uh other than that the uh the chipotle one where Hmm. the kid was like transportation things and then the older sister was like transportation things aren't even a thing and i was just like man that's so annoying like this is the the propaganda that keeps people (laughs) from trucking and it's kind of wild that they would have a commercial like that, especially after the year of 2020 and how important supply chain became to so many people and sort of a greater awareness. I, I would think that they would have changed the tone on that sort of messaging. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think, you know, it, it's all in how you read the ad, too, I guess, mm-hmm. because, you know, the kid was like these things are important. And then, you know, the, the sisters being the, the negative Nancy about it. So like it, the focus should be on, on, on the little dreaming boy who has all the great thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where they were trying to direct the focus. So uh, those, those are some of the ones that stood out. I think that maybe some of the ones that were a little nostalgic that kind of got me in my feels, those were the ones that that stood out the most to me. So the the Bud Light Legends was one. I was really disappointed. And I guess they're not technically Bud Light. It's Bud Weiser. But the frogs were missing from the Bud Light Legends. And I'm like, well, I guess that's not they can't really mix the brands too much. But that was the the glaring eyesore. I'm like, come on, bring the frogs back. And then we didn't get to see those. But nostalgia did definitely played in with a lot of the commercials versus, uh, you know, let's bring everybody back together was another big theme, I thought, from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. about as far as the the game itself? Did, did you enjoy the game at all? It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a, 
game, but did did your did your team win of who you were rooting for, or or not so much? Mm, no, well, being in uh, East Texas, you know, Patrick Mahomes grew up uh, just like twenty miles away from where I live in Tyler, so hmm. uh, the there is there are so many new Kansas City fans just over the past couple of years because. You know, he grew up in White House and it's literally like our neighboring town. So it's pretty hard not to root for somebody like, you know, uh, root for him uh, from our area. Um, to me, like going into it, I really I didn't really mind who won because either way, I thought it would be just kind of a legendary game. Uh, it turned out to where, like, I think the game everybody was hoping for was to watch these two players play to the best of their ability but the defense on both sides was just or well on one side defense on one <laughs> side of the ball was like you know it just didn't let that happen so you know Patrick had a very you know the hardest game of his life so far you know in the NFL first double digit loss uh since getting into the NFL which is pretty insane right. you know so um I think that poor was, thing <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think it uh, it sets up well for next year. I think it's uh, totally possible to have a rematch and uh, of, of these two teams. Um, but, you know, I, I thought the game was OK. Over time, it was just starting to get like worse and worse. So, it, you know, it didn't really hold my attention the, toward the end because we did record a podcast at uh, we, we did a post Super Bowl podcast podcast. Uh, during like the fourth quarter. So I didn't watch the, the, the entire one, but you know. Oh, wow. What, what a great, uh, so, so explain a little bit of what goes into like a post. Do you guys usually do a, a, a big event podcast? Cause I noticed that you guys have been putting out more, I guess, like not necessarily specials. And for those who are unaware of what I'm talking about, you are the co-host of the trucking for millennials podcast. It is one of the better podcasts out there as far as industry standards are concerned and not just industry standards, but just, you know, overall like a podcast that I listen to thoroughly enjoy it. Um, uh, but you guys have also been diving into a couple of the, I don't want to say like outsider topics, um, because especially with this industry, it's very focused on the industry. And you guys do a great job of incorporating just like the water cooler talk as well. Is that planned on your part? Or is it just, you know, when creativity strikes, you guys just hop on the mics? Man, uh, it's always great when, uh, you know, you know, when marketing works, when everybody thinks that like, man, you guys just got it all together. You got it all, you know, it makes it look so easy. And it's like, man, over the... <laughs> Uh, so no, it wasn't really planned. It, 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 it was planned, but it was planned like a few days earlier, you know, and we had actually our next episodes with Trey Griggs uh, at the time of this recording, we had recorded that one. And we we're like, let's do that. And then we're like, man, uh, I don't know. We just had the idea of like, what if we did one, you know, after the Super Bowl, and, you know, that could just kind of fill that slot. And we could push trays for, for the next week. And we're like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So we decided to record the episode, but also because like this latest episode covered Wall Street bets and Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And so what we do like to focus on the industry because the I mean, it's an industry based podcast. So I don't think it would be right for us to talk, you know, every, you know, every other week or so about trucking if we're a trucking podcast. And I don't think anybody really cares too much about what our political opinions are or what our opinions mm -hmm. on this, that, or the other thing. So, but we do know that people like to talk about trucking and getting better at it and building a trucking business mm -hmm. or getting more successful in freight sales or whatever it is that we're talking about. And so we, we like, if you listen to the show, we don't have a lot of banter at the very beginning. Like we, we do it sometimes, you know, but at the same time, we like to just kind of, I mean, that's the power of a podcast. It's an intentional conversation. You, you kind of know what, what's going to happen. So um, on this one, though, we decided to kind of throw an audible, huh? <laughs> uh, and, and talk about the Super Bowl because we do enjoy uh, we do enjoy talking about this other stuff. And we figured like a post Super Bowl show would be kind of uh, a fun trending topic to talk about, but also give us a, a little bit of permission to talk about 
all the other trending topics that are mm. usually water cooler conversations in the office that we're talking about anyway. We just don't ever bring them onto recording because most often we have a guest. So uh, we thought that it would be fun kind of a kind of change up. And then we got into Mayor Pete and we started talking about Mayor Pete. So, you know, we, we try to, you know, it's, is it planned? No, but uh, kind of. And it's just kind of like we were like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Let's do it. And so during the once we knew the trend of where the game was going because we were going to record it at like nine o'clock that night uh once we knew where the trend of the game was going we were like let's just go ahead and jump on here and get this thing done so that's what we did yeah it kind of makes it a little bit easier when because the tough part about the super bowl is that there's really like no good time to leave there's no good time to go to the bathroom because you want to watch the commercials you want to watch the halftime show um so that's the only thing that makes it like kind of difficult with the super bowl coverage uh but speaking of the trucking for millennials podcast you know you are an experienced podcaster sort of tell us what was that pathway that led to you working and 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 starting up this podcast for for pdq yeah, so I got interested in audio back in high school. So I was uh, I'm a I'm a rap music fan, so this is going to elicit some chuckles I imagine, but uh it, it it's just how it goes. You know, I I like to say that I grew up alongside the internet. Um as somebody who's mm. 31, born in 89, um you know, I I grew up along the same line of the internet. So as the internet was maturing, I was maturing. And so I was first on AOL Instant Messenger and uh, uh, LimeWire in the Napster days and, you know, bootlegging uh, software that you're not supposed to do and uh, stealing music and all this kind of stuff that it's like, oh, okay. So um, in that time, I got interested in – audio production software because it was, I was able to access it. So I was able to access uh, some audio recording software and stuff. And then I would make music with my friends. I just really enjoyed the beat making process and got me really interested in it. And so I was also in music. Uh, I was, I was going to be a music major. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, I visited college and in visiting college, I was like, mm, not for me. And so <laughs> I made an investment in, uh, myself rather than into a school system and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and, you know, upgrade my gear and, and do this music thing. So, uh, I had big city dreams, you know, those type, you know, big dreams in that way. Uh, but all this stuff started to set me up for what I do today because I was recording other people. I was learning about audio. I was learning about how to process it all and all this kind of stuff. So fast forward again, um, I was a guest on a few podcasts and I started getting really interested in listening to po- learned a lot from podcasts when I started to get into uh, car sales and committed to a career in uh, sales and marketing and utilize mm-hmm. podcasts as a, as a way to learn on, a, you know, while I'm mowing the lawn, why podcasts are awesome. Right. So, um, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast because I know audio, I know how to do this thing. So I'm going to try it out. And it's funny, though, because uh, I didn't start doing a podcast until uh, the app Anchor came out. I don't know if you remember the Anchor. So it's a free podcasting app uh, and it's free host and what have you. And um, I'm a big like. It's not perfect. I don't care. I'm just going to. Mm-hmm. Is it perfect enough for me? Yes. You know, and if anybody has any kind of critique on it then I will probably know, like, I'm going to critique it to death anyway, like, but I'm going to just, if, if I don't just go ahead and post it, if I don't go show it or, or what have you, it's going to just stay in this, uh, you know, purgatory, this pre-post purgatory. So um, I started the podcast, I say that because I, I just started the podcast as a straight recording to my app. And I didn't even know what it was going to be called. So I had this title and then I just started to record my thoughts and stuff like that. And then um, that became the Strong Calm podcast over time, over, you know, a period of months and years. I just started to refine, Okay, well, what is my podcast? What do I want to talk about? What can I bring to other people that they might enjoy when I, you know, and what kind of conversations do I want to have if I had a guest? So I just started to frame it all up. And then I was in this process and promoting and everything. And then I got a invite to, or I got tagged in a post by the co-host, uh, 
and president of PDQ America, Michael Clements, uh, that Michael, he had attended Freight Waves. Um, I think it was called Transparency there uh, then. But mm-hmm. he had attended a conference, and they were talking about the Power Podcast and stuff like that. And uh, a friend of mine tagged me in his post because Michael was saying, hey, I'm looking to start multiple podcasts you know, soon. If, yeah, if I know anybody, let me know. So I got tagged in that. The conversation started, and he was like, I got this idea for trucking for millennials. And I was like, that sounds interesting so i was like well <laughs> let's let's do it i know how to edit i know how to i know how to make uh make make audio sound good let's let's roll so that's kind of my podcast journey i was a i was a guest and then i just started to fool around with it on my own and then found a great opportunity to to do it and and I think you, you really hit the nail on the head whenever you say that sometimes you, you just got to go, you just got to hit publish, and you just got to dive headfirst in. Because I think that's where a lot of, of companies, they, they sort of get caught up in their own fears of creating content. And they think that they got to have everything perfect before they ever hit publish. When you learn so much more just by hitting publish, and you learn as you go, and you can pick up some of those things along the way. Now, when you were talking about starting up the Trucking for Millennials podcast, what were some of those initial obstacles that you guys ran into when getting that off the ground? Obstacles for that. So one thing that was good was that Michael had already had a podcast for uh, a different business. And um, so he had he had the gear like he was already. So that that wasn't a hurdle. Um, he had mm-hmm. some audio recording gear. He just didn't have somebody to help him facilitate. And he, he just had an idea for the show, just like he, he just wanted to do it a different way than he had done. Um, and so um, in doing that, so like uh, initial obstacle was like, OK, well, we know the name, but, ha- what, you know, what's the format going to be? Um, mm. are, you know, how are we going to get this launched and get people to actually know about it? Um, how are we going to line up guests knowing that we don't really have a network? Like, like now we have a great network of people that we can, you know, trust and, and, and reach out to for help and all this kind of stuff. At that point we had nobody. So, um, those are some of the, the initial challenges, but, um, it was about a month in, I was, I was here for about a month and we hadn't like, we had done some planning. I was doing some learning about PDQ America and trucking in general and just kind of putting plans together and stuff. And we still didn't have a podcast, and uh, GATS was coming up, Great American Trucking Show. And uh, we were like, well, what if we went to the trucking show and we just started to – and we just we just dropped in on people and said, hey, you want to record a podcast real quick? So <laughs> – that's that was I love that that was the original goal. We were just going to walk around, film a bunch of stuff, and then re- record people like in, in their booth. And then we're like, "Well, you know what? Why don't we just get a booth?" So then we got the booth, and then we recorded people. We, we recorded the like I don't know five or six of our first episodes in in the booth. Um, oh and, wow! And just walked around the the, the the place. So we had business cards made and stuff, and we're like, "Hey, we're trucking for millennials podcast. We're over here." Hmm. You know, da, 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 and just just went about it that way. And that's how we got in touch with like Marcus Cooksey. That's how we got in touch with uh, uh, Elaine Boyer, uh, Ellen Boyer. And, you know, these are, you know, from women in trucking. Yeah, and- yeah, from women in trucking. And and so these people, Tim Dooner, I tweeted tw- Tim Dooner like the night before and was like, hey, man, want to come on our podcast? And he was like, sure. Where are you going to be? That's so, awesome. Yeah. So it was just like it was. <laughs> You know, as the warm trucking community was so helpful. So, like, as the obstacle at this point was just like, okay, well, making a decision on how are we going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And so, because we had the ability to, and we were, you know, we're right down the road from Dallas in about two hours, it just started to make more and more sense of, well, let's, what better way to launch a podcast than live and in public at the trucking show, you know? So we just said, all right, well, we don't have everything worked out. We don't know how the podcast is actually going to sound afterward. We don't have a, a we might have had an intro. I don't even know if we had an intro. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But if you, if you like, we, we, what we decided to do is post the first episode, which was just us talking about our ideas for the podcast. So then we would have something on the RSS feed that people could go to and subscribe if they saw mm. us. And then we're like, okay, we're going to have shows coming. And then ever since then, we've just been 
pushing out a show a week. So, and it's changed. No, that's amazing. The, the show has changed form in, in so many different ways and continues to audio. We just kind of cringe and go, man, what was I thinking? Why did I say that? <laughs> but we keep doing it. But it's so it's so cool to be able to look back on it and be like, this is how because you don't really grow until you get those reps. And and so seeing you guys grow, even from the short time that I, I've, I've known of of your podcast, just in, you know, a, about a year or so now. And you guys have evolved from an audio first environment to now you have video, you have a, a legit studio, like one of the better studios, you know, industry wide. You also have like a soundboard. Talk about a little bit of those evolutions in the podcast and why you chose to to take on yeah, some of so those additional we, roles we had actually done video because <clears throat> i knew from the beginning that we would want to record video from from the jump like i would i would want the video afterward mm-hmm. because video is like the best way to promote an, a podcast uh, ironically it seems so um we were recording <laughs> it but like just with the equipment that I had, I had like a little small camera. We had like, you know, we just, just the stuff that we had. Uh, but like, again, it's kind of like time prioritization. Like, okay, I want to record the video, but I really don't care about creating a YouTube channel right now. Like that's not what the focus is and not trying to do all this, uh, kind of stuff. But over time we realized like, man, this is more work. Like it's, it's harder to do the little game than it is, to do a bigger game like for example so like in doing it kind of on a shoestring or uh just using what you got and being okay with what you have we just started to figure out like okay the office we were recording at was a little smaller and it wasn't as comfortable and like it because we weren't as comfortable we weren't as comfortable on the on the show you know what i mean and uh these are all just Mm. kind of like very minor minor deals and then we were also like seeing the the pace pick up for podcasting in the industry, and uh, we were getting results out of the podcast, like just us growing as business professionals, understanding the the the, the space. I mean, the people that we get to connect with on the show, it's like so amazing. Like like the the knowledge that we get to soak up from from people like yourself and anybody else that's been on the show, it's just been really really incredible, and the audience loves it too. So. Uh, we decided to just, you know, it, it made sense to do an, to, to make an additional investment. Like if we were going to, we weren't going to go to a trucking show this year. So it was just kind of like, well, we have this, uh, you know, some additional funds that we can, we can spend to upgrade and, and make this a little bit better whole process. So now um, it, it's really, we, un, you know, we unlock the door, we go in, we record and everything's done. Like it, it's instead of an out, you know, an hour of recording and then an hour of post editing because the environment wasn't exactly right. Or, you know, I've got to get this to video and I got to crop this and edit that and all this kind of stuff. Now everything is, it's an hour and it's done and now it, it's, it's ready to upload. So it just kind of sped everything up for us. And when you have a cool soundboard with little buttons on it, it's real fun. So it's like, <laughs> So do you have a do you have a favorite episode that you've recorded and then your audience wise what's the favorite episode that uh maybe like listens or something that Man, that they've really question. gravitated towards I think my towards. favorite episode would probably be uh I'll I'll say Waymo. I think Waymo is probably my favorite episode just because one mm-hmm. like we were st- I mean we're still new. It's only been like a year or whatever, but it was like I don't know we had only done the podcast for like six or eight months or something. And then, you know, freaking top dog, uh, self-driving vehicle manufacturer reaches out to us and says, Hey, we like your podcast. We want to be on your show to talk about. And I'm like, okay, cool. Hmm. So yeah, exactly. It's like, Michael, I think we're doing (laughs) this. So, you know, that was a cool experience. Like, of just like, Oh wow. Like we can really, help other people be educated on this space that everybody has so many questions on. And so they were kind enough to give us, you know, two hours, mm. one with a programmer and one with the, 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 the guy who's teaching uh, truck drivers how to be a 
truck driver and a self-driving truck essentially and so it was really great to have that opportunity mm. to ask those kind of questions so I'm, I'm real thankful for that i think way like that that's a that's a very unique conversation that doesn't come around very often um because i mean they've got a huge pr team and lots of mm. things that they have to think about so um it, the timing worked out sure uh, but another favorite episode would probably be um I love talking to the millennial truck drivers. Uh, we're putting a greater emphasis on that. Um, just talking mm-hmm. to this generation of truck drivers that are trucking, like who are the people doing it and what do they got to say and what are their opinions and struggles and all that kind of stuff. So I think those, like those perform very well. Um, they do like people do enjoy, uh, that relatability mm-hmm. factor. Um, I love talking to Terry Roden. He was awesome. Uh, he he has a, he has a very successful business, and um, he he has a Lamborghini. He caught my eye uh, on Instagram. He has an orange, uh, a habanero <laughs> orange uh, Lamborghini Huracan, and then the, his next Instagram post is him uh, with a hot shot load you know gooseneck trailer load so i asked him i was like what is going on here and he's like man i'm just an old guy who's got some you know success in a business but i also don't want to just not do anything so i just take you know truckloads every now and again so Mm. that's a great podcast and probably one of our most popular too so when you talk about the 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 older generation versus the younger generation especially when it comes to driving are there any of the biggest differences between those Uh, two generational gaps talk to you know, um, an older trucker in a while. I think the last time we talked to an older trucker, and I, he's young at heart, who'd be Trucker Wayne. Uh, but, uh, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll know, get mad yeah. if we call him. So, We're, you're uh, not old, Wayne. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, one time we did a comparison episode, and I think I think one thing that is is kind of new for the younger truck drivers that I've been able to, to see is that, most of the younger truck drivers are pretty open to like uh, changes and new technology and uh, things like that. Like mm. maybe out of ignorance, but you know, older truck drivers are more stodgy and kind of set in their ways and like, no, they shouldn't change this. They should change that. And they should change, you sure. know, like uh, it, it's a lot of those type of things. So it's kind of the, the, the quintessential, like, Hmm. Young people are kind of more open to new ideas and new ways of doing things. Older tend to just kind of stay in their same same lane. But other than that, I don't um, I don't I don't have a I don't have a a, a direct report from an older driver uh, currently. Um, and, and I would say I would say also that you know sure. older drivers, I mean, or younger drivers are always looking for older drivers to kind of learn from. That's what. Yeah, like a mentor, exactly. So, like a mentor. I think that I think that um, hmm. there's definitely a appetite for younger drivers to want to learn the trade and learn those things that you don't learn in school to speed up the process of being a really great driver. Hmm. Uh, but they don't always have access to them, and that's either by um, And it might be because older drivers kind of try and push them out of the way or dismiss them or what have you. So I think there's a need there um, for older drivers to kind of step up and say, hey, I can I can help. But now you guys have created a lot of of different kinds of format. And you you talk about how the format has sort of evolved. I think for a lot of of people in marketing, especially in freight, who are thinking about starting a podcast, they're they're sort of obsessed, or not really them, but maybe the executive team is obsessed with the, you know, the ROI or the perception of ROI with creating podcasts, with creating videos. You were lucky enough to have a big supporter and and Michael being able to, to lead the charge. But do you guys have any of those sort of you know aha moments that this is actually working Absolutely. out well I mean, for us you know I, it, not in dollars and cents uh you know we're not selling anything on the podcast we don't monetize it in any kind of way uh but sure. the again it, it becomes a, a, a networking opportunity that has led to numerous uh, hmm. I mean, so much mind share in our office and different types of thinking that it has elevated us as a as a company to think differently about how we think about our own company. So inviting these types of, you know, just different voices in 
has definitely influenced how we operate every single day. So, you know, if it's logistics sales with uh, Dan Deegan or if it's yourself with marketing or if it's, you know, some, uh, you know, if we're talking to a lawyer, you know, like if we're talking to somebody, you know, talking about the law, we're talking about insurance, we're talking about, I mean, finance, we're talking, I mean, any of these subjects are things that are going to be a reality in our business every day. And so when we reach out to people who have more experience than us about these things, I mean, we ask questions that we think other people would want to ask, but we're also asking because, you know, behind scenes, we're like, uh, we kind of need to know this. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think I'm going to ask this guy. So, you know, these are things, I mean, we, you know, it's kind of a window to, to us and how we learn. And it also, you know, it's kind of, we, we also get to share that too. So as far as like return on investment and determining that, like, of, of course you want to start with square one of like, okay, I heard podcasting is a big thing. Let's do it. But first we got to figure out what the ROI is. And it's like, okay, yes. So what, you know, is, is podcasting the right thing to do based on whatever goals you've got? And so like for us, like, one, we wanted to do a podcast. You know, that was a, a goal of, of Michael's. Is he wants to be an innovative and, and you know, leading the way in a way uh, for a, for a trucking company. And number two, it was it was more of a okay. Well, we want to expand our brand and you know get a, a higher sense of recognition within our our industry and give a give an ability to connect with more carriers. Uh, down the road. So like, you know, anything that we do with the podcast, it's really primarily carrier focus as far as, you know, we have to bring in people from the industry to be able to serve those carriers and that, that we hope are listening. And of course it's broadened to, to brokerages and everybody else. But at the same time, it's like, if we can create an asset that sure. is, um, that if, if a carrier stumbles across it and learns something from it, then there's a good idea that there's a good chance that they'll check us out later down the road and say, okay, well, who are PTQ America? Oh, they're a freight broker. Oh, well, cool. Maybe I can get some loads from them, that kind of thing. So it's one of those, it, it's, it's a, it's definitely a, hmm. from our perspective, a more of a brand, you know, podcasts are really brand heavy kind of thing. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like when, when will we decide to turn the button on a little bit, you know, and take it up a notch as far as how much we're asking from, the other, you know, from our audience, like right now we're still in the, it's a long-term play. Like we're not in a hurry to start asking our audience mm. for things. We, you know, we'll say like, give us a review or something like that. We've mentioned in the past of just like, Hey, sign up for our load alerts or something like that. But we've, we're never heavy on it, but that doesn't mean that for the next four months we can't, you know, say, okay, with the audience we have curious to know, how many people might be interested in loads and, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think, I think if you're going to map ROI, like you, you got to be sure that um, you plan for not getting it. And then when it doesn't happen, like what, do you, what, what contingency plan <laughs> and how, how long are you willing to hold your breath on it? Because like, like anything in marketing, like you're going to have to, hmm. you're going to have to change. You're going to have to shift. So if it's an email newsletter or a podcast or, a social media campaign or what have you, you have to invest the time, the talent, the energy for a while to really learn what's, what, what would be a valuable exchange. You know what I mean? So like, if like you got sometimes you have to play the game to get good enough to then get, get enough value out there to get value out of the market. You know what I mean? You say this as you're also the director of sales within PDQ. So it's almost like the podcast and, and I strongly believe in the, the fact that the podcast shouldn't be sales driven. So how do you sort of balance being a director of sales and marketing, but also having a channel that you can't necessarily go to an executive and say, well, this, you know, show brought us X amount of leads. How does that, how do you balance the two together, Man, yeah, especially with the my, sales I department? I look in my mirror and I'm like, Aaron, what are you doing? So, <laughs> but, 
you know, it's, it's been an evolving thing uh, for me because in this position, I started as media, you know, a media director, essentially, and market purely on, on, on marketing, getting the podcast kicked off and making sure that the brand had cohesion across uh, all of our, our channels. So website was part of that. Social media was part of that. Podcast was part of that. And then uh, a newsletter. And so that's kind of what I was hired on to do. And then over time, as you know, uh, we everybody got familiar with me and the needs of the business, you know, kind of started to shift. And I've got a, a selling background. Uh, I came into the position of like, well, it's, it made sense for me to step in the sales role. So as far as balance goes, it's kind of, well, all the marketing assets that we've got, we're primarily uh, carrier carrier focus of just building the carrier network, serving the current carriers that we've got. And then within sales, um, it's really about, you know, how, how are we touching customers uh, or potential customers with, you know, our own voice and being really intentional about that. So um, I, I definitely have in mind a few other things of how can we, uh, utilize similar tactics that we've done within the carriers of newsletter, podcasting, that kind of stuff, and integrate those elements at, in service to customers. We're developing that. Um, but it, it, I mean, it is a tricky balance of just like, okay, well, you know, we've got all these other spending plates that are real brand heavy. How do we drive revenue? And so that comes with just different actions of like, okay, well, you know, we've got to, we got to connect with customers in a real in a real way. So, you know, if it's, if it's lunches or if it's, you know, just building relationships with them, uh, the best way that we can, um, through, uh, regular emails, follow-ups and, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, as far as like a foolproof strategic plan, I'll, I'll leave that up to you, Blob, but, uh, you know, we, we definitely have some <laughs> stuff, uh, coming together to, to bolster that on our end. Now, now, I guess switching gears a little bit from like the positive side of things to like, I don't want to say like negative side of things, but there's a lot of people that are coming into the freight space, you know, creating content, which is a great thing to see. Um, and I think it's sort of, a, it, it sort of brought about a lot of questions on, on what is the right route to take when it comes to sales and marketing. What do you think is one of the bigger things that companies get wrong about sales things and marketing? That companies get space? wrong with sales and marketing in the freight space? Hmm. It's a good question. I, you know, I, I will be the first to admit that I don't have a bunch of logistics experience because I don't, you know, like this is my first logistics job. So, you know, I, in a lot of ways, I'm still learning the game of like learning, okay, well, what does a, a optimized marketing or sales strategy look like for a logistics company, uh, especially a logistics company like us, you know? So, this is a ongoing process for myself. So, uh, first off, I would say I'm not the guy to ask, you know, um, as much as I, <laughs> I, I love the sales marketing game. I'm not, you know, I, as far as, a, as far as a niche expert, Come on, call some people out. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not him, but at the same time, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, to, to turn the gun on myself a little bit of like, you know, with, with sales and marketing, I, I don't think that we probably put enough focus on our customer and building those building those relationships in the same way as we do our carrier side. So, like that's a that's a thing that I like. You, you asked me like, well, what's the balance there? And it's like, well, you know, um, because our customer base is, you know, I mean, is is unique. Like, it, customers are not carriers, and so you know, like like with with memes and you know, tricking industry stuff. That those are those are kind of. Uh, those are easy wins. You know what I mean? Like those are kind of easy things. Um, but, uh, the, the customers that we serve don't always have those same type of feelings or concerns and what have you. So we have to be real intentional about reverse engineering. Well, what's important for this customer that is in this industry at this time in this area, you know what I mean? So, uh, for me, I think that the, the challenge that we have, uh, is, is like, how can I figure out how to create great content that people want to pay attention to um, in industries that are not my own. And so 
Uh, and uh, so, so that's speaking from experience. I don't know if anybody else has that problem or, you know, or maybe not doing it wrong, but I think that like, you gotta be honest, like if, if you're a logistics marketer and, uh, you know, you gotta think for your customer, not for yourself. And so like, I'd be lying mm-hmm. if I thought that the trucking for millennials podcast might bring in some other customers because it's really not even designed for them most of the time, you know? So um, it's one right. of those things where like, well, that sounds like a great idea. It's just, a, it's just a matter of like, well, if I was to start a customer facing kind of podcast, one, one that I wanted to get a little bit more investment, you know, return on investment in terms of customers, I would start interviewing my customers, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And and that's a good parallel that you bring up because it, it's, a lot of 3PLs, they, they have to market to both sides, both the carrier and the customer side. And so what does that look like, I guess, for you guys, or, or maybe potentially in the future down the line? Does that mean a separate podcast altogether? Um, you know, separate sort of messaging, I would imagine? How, how does that structure look? Or have you guys uh, still yeah, trying to work I mean, that process ongoing, out? You know, evolution of like, you know, uh, one of the strategic mm-hmm. initiatives I've got right now is optimized sales process, which is like, oh, duh, it's like always happening all the time. Like that, that project's never going to be oh, checked, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but you know, it's, right. <laughs> it's, it's one of just like one, we need more people. Uh, so we're hiring right now is just, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've got a full plate. The others that are in the office have full plates as well. So uh, bringing more people into the fold uh, is, is one of those, you know, uh, things that we're doing, um, because we just need more people to connect with more people. Uh, other than that, um, working on, you know, like, a how to create a real valuable, uh, newsletter for our customers to keep them up to date with logistics. Like, like, uh, Dan Deegan said on our podcast, it was like being a resource. What does that mean to be a resource for my customer? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, that doesn't mean that I'm going to send them a bunch of logistics news because they probably don't care. But they might care about specific logistics news that could impact their industry. And so I'm looking for those type of things. Um, I'm looking for industry-specific news that they might have, uh, that they might want to keep an eye on, you know. So if it's manufacturing or uh, in the energy sector or maybe keeping up with regulations and that kind of thing as those things shift. So I'm thinking about, uh, you know, we're, we're putting together something like that to, to add value as we're also keeping our name out there, you know, instead of just saying, Hey, you know, just seeing if you got any loads for me, I want to pack that email with like, <laughs> Oh, while you're here, check out, you know, this thing you might want to pay attention to gas prices or, you know, fuel prices, what, whatever is happening, uh, weather alerts or something like that to where if I have an understanding of what their, their lanes are, where, you know, uh, what, if I, I want to demonstrate that I understand what might be of top concern from them, um, that isn't related to me. And so hopefully being a resource, a kind of curator of information that could assist them in their job. Now, when you say like a curator of information, especially providing that to your customers now, you, you're, you're leading up sales teams and sales training and things like that. Is that one of the bigger, I guess, uh, stop gaps for whenever new freight sales agents are, are maybe coming through the door or freight brokers? Um, what What's one piece of, of information that you wish that they knew before they ever sat down and, and you know, picked up a phone to, to call up a carrier? Is it like digital sales training or maybe maybe podcasting or, or recording video? What What's one, I guess, aspect of a freight broker or, or freight agent that you would like to see talent-wise that, that they start to hone mm, in That's on? a good question. I think that, you know, for me, I, I want – I think it's really imperative for anybody to have a, have a confident use of the technology that we have – at our disposal, like it, it surprises me a lot of times. And this is, this is in customer sales or carrier sales. It surprises me quite a bit when people don't realize how much power we actually have to find out information about other people. So like, like, you know, Hmm. utilizing LinkedIn, utilize, like 
it can literally take about five minutes to get an understanding of kind of where, you know, how a customer might want to be approached and, and feels and, and, and things like that by utilizing LinkedIn, their website, mm-hmm. a combination of all those doing the creepers thing, you know, like we were talking about, like, like be a, be a creep, <laughs> man. Yeah. Strategically creeping. Strategically like, creeping. It's more about being interested in who the people, who, who is this? You know what I mean? And so that's kind of what I was, I was doing this yesterday. I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, here's, here's a list of some customers I've got. Um, here are all the names. Uh, who are these people? You know, like I, you know, it's, it's hard when, Mm-hmm. they're states away to really build a, a vibrant connection with, with some folks, you know? So it's like, well, what tools do I have at my disposal to be able to actually foster that and make it as vibrant as I can? And so kind of to answer your question is just like, I would want hmm. any sales rep or carrier sales rep to come in with an understanding of, Hey, this is a powerful way to connect with people uh, that I hold in my hand every single day, not to just read and consume information. Mm-hmm. And so how can I, like somebody who leans in and says, I'm ready to be the source of information that betters somebody else. And so, but to do that, I just got to have an understanding of what their needs are. And I got to understand how to deliver that information, uh, when they want it, how they want it. And with a little, you know, with a little of my personal flair and style and things. So like, I would want somebody to come in and say, yeah, I'm ready to do that. Sounds great. What do I need to, you know, how, how, how do I, who, who can I connect with? So, um, yeah, I just like, I don't think there's as much as we understand and, um, we see it, like we see people, uh, influence others every single day. We don't realize how uh, possible it is to become an influencer um, ourselves. And influencer can be a very loaded term. Like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want. I, I don't either. Yeah, right. Yeah. You don't want to be so, a beauty guru I don't either. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> there's you know there's a reason I'm on this podcast with you, and there's a re- you know what I mean. And it's not because. You know, one one day I'm gonna be a trucking uh, influencer, and I'm just gonna do it. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that at all. But at the same time, it's like I didn't take it as that approach necessarily. Like I took it as how can I be a best hmm. service to other people with the knowledge or lack of that I have. You know, and so well, here's here's a way I can do it through these distribution channels through this type of content, through this type of stuff. So it's really about finding that person that's ready to really deliver an excellent experience for somebody else. Um, So if I can find that person, I can plug them in a spot and show them, look, since you're ready to do that, here's a way that you can do it within these constraints. Call these types of customers or connect with Mm. these types of people. And so that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, because I think people miss out on how much social media can tell you about a person and how much it can really help as far as like the the research or the research side of things is is you can tell a lot by someone by what they like on social media, who they follow, who they interact with. And that kind of I I don't think you can fake that kind of research. So I, I think that that's definitely a really good tip. It's sort of a I don't want to say it's it's a tip that you can learn too. So it's it's something that you don't necessarily have to come in with like a good set of intangibles that nobody else can learn. Like that is something that you can start to hone in on, on the craft yourself. Now on the other side of it though, with social media, there's a lot of, um, I guess, pet peeves, sort of like annoyances. What are some of, I I guess, more of like the petty, like annoyances that you see on social media? Petty annoyances on social media, like that i like the things you hate. I, I'm trying to be like politically correct by saying like, oh, petty annoyances. What are the things you that you uh, see on social media you know, and you absolutely hate? hate on, <laughs> here you go. This might hit a listener or two. I hate getting tagged in LinkedIn posts <laughs> that I'm not actually a mention of. Stop doing it. Uh, that's one thing I hate. That's annoying. Um, like, like, yes, it just, I would agree. Even if I, I don't even want to read the post because it's connected with like a thousand other people. So anyway, um, uh, 
part of me says I should just join the conversation, either, you know, despite, but at the same time, it's just like, no, uh, you know, it's not on my time. So like, I, it just bothers me more often than not. Uh, Another thing that I hate are yes. messenger bots. I hate those. Um, like, I, I, don't, I don't have any kind of advice or anything. Like, it just sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get them uh, off your website. Well, messenger bots aren't bad. Like, I don't, well, I had a bad experience with a messenger bot. It didn't help me at all. I just asked me questions and it didn't lead to anything. So that was terrible. But as far as like, hmm. uh, uh, you know, bots that message you on Instagram or something like that, that's kind of a, what i was getting at oh okay okay yeah. okay yeah L- little little different um because i would say amazon's auto bot or ai bot is fantastic you don't even have to talk to somebody and get an actual return and they they find out everything for you but then on the flip side there's some other uh messenger mm-hmm. bots out there that especially like the the in mail ones that you just clearly you know it's spam. You know they haven't looked at your profile. I, I I got one earlier today that referenced a job that I worked at ten years ago. And I'm like, I know that you're just using some kind of a bot to crawl my profile and then send me an email and pretend like it's legitimate. Yeah. I hate that you know, kind of but stuff. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of social, so it's you know that's that I'm no stranger to it. So like those are the mm-hmm. things that can just kind of come with the territory. Like I understand, I get it. Uh, I, I can't, it's hard for me to think of other things that I hate at this point. Like, I don't, like, I hate, I hate having to learn new platforms. I do hate that. Like, like I've done some TikTok videos, but I'm just like, dude, like, I'm so tired of like clubhouse is right around the corner. I know I'm going to want to be on that. So it's just like, gosh, dang it. Like yep. as much as I love this stuff, I hate learning all this dumb junk. So, uh, it's, uh, but <laughs> it's very time consuming yeah, and it's very yeah, yeah. overwhelming so, at times i don't know but there's not too much that i hate like i think it's all fun and and good as far as uh i don't know i'm not a big hater i, I don't like to be a hater <laughs> you just don't want to talk about it on the podcast i get it i get it it's fine <laughs> do, do you have a um an underrated, underrated social, media, social platform? media platform uh I'm trying to think Man, I think LinkedIn is pretty underrated. Like, I, I just posted on my Instagram story today of just like, so I made this uh, this post, and Instagram shared it with like 400 people, and then uh, Facebook, I had like four shares on it, and like three comments or what. And these aren't huge numbers. It, it's not really about the numbers. It's about the point of the algorithm. Where I, I made the exact same post on Instagram, Facebook, and sure. then uh, and then on LinkedIn. And the LinkedIn post, it's at 2,600 views. And that's not like, again, it's not like huge. It's not like thousands and thousands. But it does, it is a overperforming post based on what I posted before, that kind of stuff, and probably more, you know, above average. So, like, it just shows that, like, LinkedIn's organic al- algorithm is definitely, you know, incentivizing content more so than anybody else. Um and then, I, you know, you know, I'm not taking my own advice here, but I think TikTok's probably underrated as well as far as like overall brand awareness. If you just put the time in mm-hmm. and, and, and do it, it's just something I haven't committed to because I'm focused on all these other things. So when we talk about ROI and all these other fancy, fancy acronyms, I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what it'll be, you know, now, but. I do know that if I started doing a daily TikTok video uh, 30 days ago, I'd probably be in a different spot. Yeah, TikTok is one of those where it's it's so I get so much creative energy when I'm on that platform because I the wheels start flowing and the I or the ideas start flowing. And I it's my favorite creative platform. But from like a I guess a quote unquote ROI perspective, LinkedIn is definitely where it's at. If you are creating halfway decent content on LinkedIn, you're going to get significant more exposure because I think for a lot of the people who have been on LinkedIn for a long time, and I mean, just like doubling down on LinkedIn for years and years, you know, since the platform really started, they're more of like the guru type of people. And I just don't know that that messaging resonates with people anymore. I think it's it's definitely a platform that's huge. And it's it's getting more niche 
by the day, if that makes sense. It's one of those things where it's starting to, you can see who the real creators are that are starting to emerge. And it's less of the the guru talk and more of the, uh, just more of like the substance that people can actually take actionable tips from whenever you're engaging with their content. And you're you're a great example of that. Um, obviously, Freight Waves has a ton of content that, that's geared towards that, um, that you can take tremendous value from. Uh, but do you have any other sort of favorites that you follow social media wise mm. in the freight space? People in the freight space, I mean, geez. Anybody that we've had on the podcast, like I don't have the, the whole backlog, but like all those people are mm. people that we have great admiration for. So, I mean, if you just look back at, you know, the the pocket, like the reason they're on the show is because we were like, oh, they caught my eye. Oh, they, you know, they're doing something unique. They're doing something different. You know, they, mm. they're, they're providing extra value. So I would say like anybody on the podcast is an easy, you know, kind of cop out answer for me. But uh, at the same time, it's like it's, it's so true. <laughs> I, I think that they, they do great. They're, they're doing great stuff. So um, now. Using those as an example, what do it's? I think it's great to take inspiration from from those list of people that you could just scroll through your podcast feed and and find out, you know, or remember different tips that you got from those episodes. But on the flip side, whenever you're like in the grind of like actually creating content, what's your biggest struggle? Is it finding new ideas to to create content around is it measuring the success of them is it yeah, the editing process what what does that what do those struggles sort of look like for you and how uh, right, do you overcome them it's it's really about <laughs> optimizing the distribution of the content like like i've got all the ideas and we have mm. so much content that like i could literally we could we could do so much with that. I just know that we're missing out. That, that's the problem. And maybe you can relate to this of just like the part, the problem of the marketing mind, when you, when you have an education on the stuff, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I know everything to do, but I literally physically cannot do all of it at, you know, with one person. So, uh, the big, the, the biggest struggle is yes. like, like, there's so many things that I want to do. And we've, we've done fits and starts of it, uh, of, of a lot of it, but it's like, you know, Every podcast that we've got, I wish I could do a three-minute clip on YouTube of a particular talking point. Uh, you know, like I, w- I wish that we could hmm. repurpose our uh, content um, and, and crop them into story form to upload to TikTok on a regular basis. Like, like those type of things that are more hmm. advanced, take time. You know, all these, uh, those type of things, those are the things that I struggle with the most because, look, I got, I got calls to make, I got, you know, things to do. And so, uh, you've really got to pick your battles in, 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 in terms of, um, how you're going to spend most of your marketing time. And it kind of goes down to that ROI question too. Just like, well, I know that that would be great for broader awareness, uh, for who we are and what we do. Uh, but at the same time, I know that me picking up a phone and talking to a customer uh, about a load or a potential load or uh, maybe a brand new prospect is probably going to be better uh, for the bank account uh, than, you know, making mm. making a fun video for, <laughs> for TikTok this time. So uh, th- that's the challenge for me is just like I, like I really need to get, you know, I- I'd love to get somebody in here that understands marketing and that I work well with that can help me kind of maximize the legs of the, you know, content that we already create. Yeah, that's definitely it. it, I I relate to that struggle because I have a folder right now of about six shows that I've got to go through and edit. And then in addition to those shows, it's the distribution that you talked about, because that's one of the more important things. It's, it's, I think one of the things that people don't realize about podcasting is the discoverability is not there like there is on TikTok, on YouTube, um, where it's easy to discover a new channel. It's very difficult to discover a new podcast unless somebody is specifically, you know, word of mouth telling you about it, or you see one of those little clips on on social media. It's very difficult to discover a new podcast without those two mediums yeah. sort of coming together. So. 
it's one of those things where it's a constant struggle and I'm constantly refining it. So um, I'm glad to know. I'm sure a lot of people are glad to know that we're not the only ones struggling with it. Um, so we've also we, we've seen, you know, a, 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 you know, sort of the next wave in marketing and how some of these freight companies and B2B companies are, are coming to the scene with a lot of their different marketing. What's been sort of your favorite tactic that you've seen maybe on LinkedIn of how somebody is promoting you know, their one thing that we've been talking about here lately was like like if we think of a big boy we think about tql you know as a freight broker and what we noticed when we were looking at them is that so much of their content is not at all focused on their customers like none of it all of it is focused on recruitment of their team members and bigging up their team members and making their 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 culture and all these kind of things like the like how they internally are and i thought that was kind of interesting um so that's that's one thing that we were we you know we were just uh talking about not too long ago just like hmm i wonder why that is and then like what what does that you know mean for us and that kind of thing so i I think uh about that um that comes to mind um as far as other other companies that i think are doing some great stuff um And it could be outside the industry, too, because I think I, I honestly find a lot of inspiration from outside of the industry. And I try to replicate that with the, you know, the I guess the freight mindset, you know, what's the freight yeah, angle um, behind? I it? mean, I, you know, I, I've, I've I've watched, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk for such a long, you know, for a long time. And, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. him being about, you know, distribution, maximizing content, we were just kind of talking about that. Um, I mean, it's really easy to look at these bigger, these bigger people that are, uh, that have teams of 50 that are, you know, just creating movie level types of, uh, digital media. But as far as, you know, what I love to see is people like, uh, like Michael Nimi, for example, um, I haven't had a conversation with him really, but hmm. he, he pops in my feed so consistently because he is so consistent about sharing value about what he's doing, what he's thinking, you know, like nothing, uh, and it might just be that hmm. it might just be like, I just had this kind of thought or what have you. So I think that, um, those are the type of people that inspire me, the people that are, that are, um, not necessarily work like they, they almost be working for themselves more, more so. Uh, the people that are taking initiative to leverage the platform that they have and just kind of spin it in their own way. Like, I think I, you know, I'm kind of talking, I'm mm-hmm. preaching to myself here. Just like if, if I got out of my own, if I, if I stopped comparing myself to other people, you know, like, oh, okay, well, what are they, what are they doing? What's that person doing? What's that company doing? What are they? And I just like started going, okay, well, if I, if I only had me to figure this out, what would I do? Uh, I'm probably going to be setting myself mm. up better than if I spend a whole bunch of time comparing myself to everybody else, you know? So like if I said here, you know, what are my needs Absolutely. currently, you know, what am I willing to do and what, you know, what, what, what are, what are the tools that I have to, to hopefully get, get the result that I'm looking for. Um, there's been a lot of times where when I just look at those things and I think about them and then I'm like, okay, well, what's the next action without, with kind of the blinders on, um, I, that's when my marketing mind can actually kind of go to work because all the other learning and stuff that I've done from these folks that I've mentioned before can actually be put to use. So, um, I don't know, that's kind of a, hmm. a long-winded answer I didn't anticipate to give you, but no, I thought it was great. I was just going to let you keep going because it was good stuff because I, I think a lot of times that people get they get so almost like paralyzed by it. And, it. and it happens to me too, where I, I look at somebody else just pumping out, you know, new episodes every single day. And I'm like, how are they getting this done? And it, 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 I think batching plays a role, you know, recording a bunch of episodes in one day plays a role. Having a team, you know, behind you for those people who are lucky enough to have a team. Not many of us in this space are lucky enough to, to have a team. Um, so I, I think that that's definitely something that marketing and sales can sort of expand upon because if you can use the resources that you have internally, I I think that that 
you know, sends a clear message like, like a Michael Nimi, where he's, you could tell that the companies that he works with aren't putting restraints on him. He's able to speak freely. And I think that that's a learning lesson for a lot of companies out there that if you let your salespeople, your marketing people be creative, let them be themselves. And I think that it helps out in the long run for a lot of your messaging that you're trying to get out there. All right, big thanks to Aaron for joining the show and to find more of PDQ America's content along with regular posts about their Trucking for Millennials podcast. Be sure to follow them on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. All of those profiles are linked for you in the show notes along with on the website, digitaldispatch.io. You can also find more shows, videos, and helpful resources to take your website and marketing to the next level. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brumley, and I will see you all real soon.